welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I am here with a fantastic guest. But before we get to him, you guys may have noticed I am back on the old camera again. So if you remember uh, when I interviewed my dear friend Tatum, the lovely young lady with her first single out, we had actually recorded on video, but that was the day that I upgraded to Windows 11, I'm sorry, Windows 10, and everything got screwed up on the connection for some reason. I have not been able to fix it. So back on the old camera, so I apologize for me being a little bit blurry, but my guest, however, is coming through crystal clear <laughs> with great audio. Very excited to have him on the show. He is a songwriter, a performer, an author. We're going to get into all that stuff. We have a lot to talk about. And this is Byron Lee Scott. Byron, how are you doing? I am fantastic, Scott. I'm excited to be on your show. And, you know, I'd like to say something real quick about your show. Oh. I've listened to a couple of episodes. And uh, what I've discovered is that for a musician or a songwriter, this is a great thing to be listening to because you meet people who are like yourself, birds of a feather. And sometimes, you know, as an artist, when people, you're around a lot of people just living, you know, normal life, whatever, and they look at you like, wow, you know, you're kind of like the, you know, the, the, the black sheep sometimes. But when you hear other songwriters and musicians talking and telling their stories, wow, man. To me, this is the greatest entertainment, and I'm going to listen to more of your shows. And there's another one we did with uh, Jimmy Hall at the Record Machine Show. Same thing. You know, great uh, format for musicians and songwriters and artists to listen to. So I just wanted to give you a thumbs up on the show. And well, I appreciate that. Tell you Thank that you. I think and it's great. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, there is a link to that interview on your website. And I have the link to your website in the show notes, as well as where you can get the album and the single that we're going to talk Excellent. about today without you. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. I'm really glad you enjoyed the show. That means a lot to me. Uh, it's it's interesting. As, as, a, as a musician, it's hard enough. But as an audio engineer, especially, uh, you know, you go to a party or a family get together. Nobody wants to talk about gain and volumes and you know, yeah, uh, right. panning and all that. So uh, it's, it's always nice to talk with my ilk, if you will. Uh, Absolutely. Congratulations. And you learn some album. things. Oh, you do. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate that. Yeah. So the album is called I Come From Earth. And uh, I just listened to the uh, the new single Without You, which, boy, this song really blew me away. It has really it, it has a, a really interesting overtone to it. A little bit dark, um, almost 80s kind yeah. of dark, you know, with with uh, the British New Wave Invasion synth feel to it. And uh, in fact, the bass side of it reminded me a little bit of the feel of Take My Breath Away by Berlin, which I absolutely mm. love the feel of that song. I got to see them perform it see live that. and it was brilliant. But the sound, there's something about that depth of low end and that kind of really punchy bass that really brings out an emotion and an element in a song that you don't really get any other way. And that's a keyboard bass. Uh on the album, we have four amazing bass players from around the world. And then I play uh, a Fender bass on two tunes. And then there's only one song on the album, which is actually a three-part tune called Spinning Around the Sun, where the synth bass survived once we started adding great bass players. Uh, but but uh, this one, it's unusual because on the album, there are, well, I did all the male vocals and then there are eight female vocalists that share the lead on most of the songs and do octaves above me and harmonies. And then uh, 
on this, but on this song, this was a later release, "Without You," around Christmas time, December sixteenth, and it's it's an old track that I played everything on, um, and there wasn't any of that on the album. There was at least one or two people on every other track on the album with me, and we had dual drums on almost every song's part of our sound. But this one was, uh, and there are there is electronics and uh, different drummers on this tune, but. You know, the keyboard bass on this came from, I'll tell you, and other musicians might be interested. Um, this was an old, old, old song that I had recorded long ago on analog tape. And I had a keyboard called Emacs that's a that's sampler that had this one sound that I loved so much. And it's on about five different songs on the on the album that I salvaged the old tracks and built everything else around it. But on this nice. particular one, the keyboard bass comes from the Emacs. And uh, this song, uh, I'll tell you, everyone uh, after the album came out uh, and the title track has been, we'll talk about that in a little while, but the title track's been on the charts in the UK and different places and getting a lot of radio play and things for four months since it came out. And then around Christmas time, I was getting a lot of messages and things from uh, people saying, do you have a Christmas song? We've got a Christmas show coming up. and I said, no, I don't really have a Christmas song. And then this tune came to mind that, so, well, a couple of people that are close to me just recently broke up with their live-in partner of years, mm -hmm. you know, just recently. And I was thinking about how when I worked on cruise ships for five years, sometimes at Christmas time, you'd have people coming on that were grieving or broke up and they're trying to find peace. And so the Christmas season can be kind of a lonely time for certain people. So I thought, you know, let's do this. And then a really amazing thing happened that the, the, the album art for that picture, which is a beautiful blonde haired lady sitting in front of a travel trailer with Christmas decorations and packages and a guitar, you know, it was, and at the time we'll get into this a little bit, but I was, uh, during COVID, I was in a travel trailer. I couldn't travel. And, uh, it was living on solar power and recording a lot and mixing a lot of my parts on solar power in Arizona, mm -hmm. uh, not far from you in Lake Havasu. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of the songs were. Yeah. And then uh, since we're on the subject, I came to Vegas to master the album at a place called The Hideout. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was there all summer. I didn't know about you at that time. You're yeah. in Vegas, right? Right. Yeah, I, I yeah. wish I would have. So, we could have met up. I just left there. I sold the travel trailer and my tow vehicle at when everything was done and we're promoting the album and came to uh, Thailand first because the flight was cheap one way. And then I come to Cambodia and I'm going to go on to Philippines and maybe some other places uh, at some point. And that's a, that's another story. But I, I was in a travel trailer recording on solar power. Uh, I'd say 80 percent of my uh, later tracks and mixing was done on solar power, you know, out in the desert during COVID Amazing, uh, or during part it? of it. But yeah, it. so then I found this artwork with this girl sitting in front of a travel trailer with a guitar. It was like my opposite or something. And I said, yeah. Christmas and, and my drummer, Larry, we'll talk about him, Larry D. He's, he's the, the other main member of this project. Uh, mm -hmm. He plays drums on 80% of the songs. And we were talking about some old album 
this guy that used to have a beautiful girl on every album cover. And it had nothing to do with the music or his band or anything. It was just uh, his style. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let's look for a beautiful girl for this single artwork. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Without You without you is a, it's a breakup song, but it has a positive message, which is about, it just wasn't meant to be. I'm happy that you're happy where you are. And thank you for the love that we shared. And I wish you joy. And it's, it's a, it's kind of a healing song in that way, a way to look back at the past and, and not, not with anger or regret, but to, to wish the person well and to be happy for them and to be thankful for the time that it made you what you are, you know, and the love that you share with them, the love that you share with them is always going to be with you, part of you, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'll tell you one more thing about this song that reminded me of besides the people who have broken up recently is that. Uh, I've been in love a few times, you know, and uh, one one person I was in love with uh, I, it wasn't meant to be like that because I was going back to work on the ships. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't have a home base. I didn't have a lot of money and I couldn't I couldn't make any promises at the time. And so but unfortunately, this woman had uh, abandonment issues from her childhood. She had been shuffled around from one place to the next and she didn't know how to say goodbye in a nice way. She always thought it had to be just horrible and crying and everything, you know, and I had to teach her, you know, thank you for the time together and sharing so many things. And I'm always going to be your friend if you ever need someone to turn to, you know, I'm, and I wish you the best. And if you, if you, if you want to find somebody right now, that's going to make that commitment, I'm not going to tie you down. You go find See if you find that person. And if I know you years from now and I'm looking for somebody, maybe I'll think, hey, at that time. But anyway, she didn't know how to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. So the song Without You has a positive message as well as it, that it's a breakup type of a song, you know. And then that that song, yeah, that was written long ago, really. And then I, I rewrote it a bit with this theme of just wasn't meant to be. Originally, I'll tell you something. This song, Without You, like you said said when we were talking earlier, sometimes people interpret songs differently. Right. And when I first wrote this song, the lyrics were a little different. And it was really a, it was a spiritual ballad. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it came from meditation and it came from the idea of being separated from God. And I'm not trying, I don't know all the answers in those areas. I'm not going to get philosophical and try to convince anybody of my point of view or anything like that. Sure. But at that time. It was that's where the song came from. It was a song of separation. And then Michael Stover, the guy who introduced us, my promotion partner, who we can talk about at some point, yeah. um, he sent me a thing that a film needed a movie about it. I love that wasn't meant to be. And that made me change the lyrics a bit. And then at the end, I'll just tell you some of my little influence on this. I thought about that song. I'm not in love by 10 CC. And I, the vocals at the end that I added, the harmonies um, came from from that, just from that inspiration. And um, as you know, I, yeah, I think that, you know, I once, I once heard Louis Armstrong say that songwriters are always inspired by other songs. And that's that's definitely true that it could be a feel, might be a lyric or an idea, might be a sound. Like uh, one of my main influences, I'll just throw in, Jan Hammer, keyboard mm-hmm. player, who you may be familiar with. Oh yeah, um, he's he's been one of my influences for a long time. And um, I I originally started 
learning by ear from when I was four years old. And I, I took some lessons, but then at, at one point I stopped the lessons and I just started learning songs, memorizing songs, playing rhythm and singing lead for the longest time. And then I started learning lead. And by learning other people's songs and seeing chord patterns and progressions and harmonies and so forth, that is how I learned music by ear and 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 by playing by feel. And then later, people like Jan Hammer, you see, expanded my understanding of chord structure and how chords fit together. And so his influence also influenced me for synthesizer sounds because I was a guitar player most of my life. And then I started playing synthesizers back with uh, the drummer, Larry Draglin, who is the other main guy in this project. We were at a band called the Hi-Fi Hippies back in Seattle, a three-piece, and that's where I started playing guitar synth. So Jan Hammer was a big influence on that and uh, always along the way. And I guess I was just saying that sometimes we are influenced by uh, other songwriters. Oh, yeah. Uh, If if you don't mind, uh, I'll I'll add that I had a friend friend gave me a, a great piece of advice one time. He said, there's a song in everything. He goes, the the fact that you wear glasses, there's a song in that. The way that the breeze just blew through the tree, there's a song in that. It's it's more, I think, that we're we're influenceable because we're open to it. You know, we we pay attention to those things, we feel them, we see them, we we take that in. And I think a lot of people would just look at that and, and they would notice that the there's a breeze. And that would be the end of that. For us, we take that and we look at the way that the leaves are doing this and we see a rhythm in that or we hear a harmony the way that the the leaves on the top of the tree sound different from the bottom of the tree. And um, I think that we tend to seek that out even subconsciously. But being an optimist, but being an optimist, and I've been in love a lot, um, but being an optimist, maybe the reason that you two connected is because you were able you were able to give her that lesson maybe that it wasn't about the romance or the future or anything it was that she needed to learn that lesson and you were somebody who could provide that and that's why you came into each other's lives because having been taught that now having that experience that makes everything else in her life easier right because she doesn't have to go through that with somebody who would have made it a much worse situation than you did because you understood so yeah, and sometimes like it's way. not. It's it's yeah, and sometimes it's not like it's not always about you. Yeah, you know, like you said, it could have been about her. You know, it's funny. Like people say, "Oh, look at the beautiful weather for our picnic today, just for us." Mm-hmm. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's other people, right? Other people might be for them sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Jan Hammer. Yeah, so, I, I have to say, uh, definitely yeah. a, a very underrated player. Um, I, I got to know him oh, for the yeah. work he did with Neil Sean from Journey back in the 80s. They, they did oh, a project yeah. together. Oh, yeah, I love it. Uh, I but love I, it. I, I got some from him, I would say, a lot more from uh, like King Crimson, um, Emerson Lake and Palmer, uh, Uriah Heep, and probably Genesis, I think, for for tones. Mm-hmm. Just really seeing the difference in expanse and how people use different sounds for things. Um, it's really amazing what's available to us. Do you ever just like pull up a different sound on a keyboard and just start playing around with it. And that develops a whole song. Yeah, definitely. In fact, uh, with my synthesizers, I play guitar synth now and I'll just throw in for you guitar players out there. I use the Fishman triple play now, um, which is a wireless dongle in your computer. And so the software, you know, at 
just like when you get a new keyboard or even a floor bass guitar synthesizer, there's thousands plus sounds or a million, you know? And at one point I, th I thought I'd go through them and pick out sounds that were my favorites. And I do that sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, but other times I thought I was going to have to go through the whole library, you know, which would take forever. But no, sometimes you just start searching, you know, you're when you're doing a song and it can take a different direction, you know, because you're inspired by the sound or, yeah, you could even start. There's so many ways to write a song, right? You could yeah. start with a keyboard sound and that could inspire you or a, a beat. And, and I think sometimes with me, it's a feel, you know, like, um, you just hear a song that's got a wow, it's got a nice groove to it. Just the the tempo, maybe, or the mm -hmm. how the drums are more, you know. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I really, I really love drums. So uh, yeah, I think sound can inspire a song uh, definitely. I, I'm really into lyrics, but mm -hmm. go ahead. Do you ever feel overwhelmed with the number of sounds that you have? Like I've got easily well over a million sounds, and there's no way I could know more than a hundred of them, <laughs> you know. Um, it, it's, it gets to the point where it really does become overkill. When I got my first synthesizer, I was bound and determined. I'm going to learn every sound. I'm going to know this board backwards and forward. Right. By the third right. piece of gear I got, that was the end of that. There's just no way you can retain all that it's information. Impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. And so I always thought of the idea though, of signature sounds like, uh, and I'm coming up with some of those in, in certain ones that cross over like that Emacs sound that's on uh, maybe four or five tracks on the album. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, it sounds that you like, you know, a little bit better than others, but yeah, yeah it's, it is overwhelming at times. Um, the thought of it is more overwhelming, but I think once you start doing it, you know, I just kind of got into a groove and a lot of confidence that, yeah, this is working and, and just keep going with that, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah. So but yeah, you're right. It is kind of overwhelming at times, the number of possibilities. Sure. I mean, I guess if it feels good, stay with it. If you're losing it, change the sound, put in a different part, you know, just keep the song oh, moving. Oh, yeah. But but I'm curious, yeah. you have so many people uh, within the band and, you know, the singers seem fairly consistent on most of the songs, but how do you decide which bass player is going to play on it? How do you how do you kind of arrange the players for the to really give everybody a shot? Well, the way it started, I for years I've been writing songs for a long time. I have a couple hundred songs, uh, several hundred songs probably, and about a hundred on the old analog tapes that I'm glad didn't get released. Some of them, you know, it's <laughs> it, I, I kind of took the long way around. And um, see, what was your question again? How do <laughs> how, I tell the uh, people? Arrange, yeah. yeah, the people. Well, I, I used to do it all myself, and partly that was by necessity because over the years the bands that I was in that played original music for some reason, you know, it would break up and we never were together long enough to make anything happen. And eventually I just got a drum machine and a bass and a keyboard and a, you know, a microphone and a, and a four track at first and just started doing it all myself. And that carried on for a long, long time. But then uh, I guess it was summer before this last summer when it was released, my drummer friend, Larry, Draglin was in Colorado and I went to his house and studio to pet sit and house sit. And I ended up staying for the summer and we did drum tracks and that was the start of other people. And then once he just made an offhand comment on this song, Sophie and Pearl on the album. And he said, all it needs now is a real bass guitar. And I thought, well, you know, maybe so. And that was the beginning of it. Cause what happened was, uh, 
And the bass guitar on that, she's on three tracks, Ciara Moser. She has an amazing story. I wish I could tell everybody's story. But she was blind since birth. And then she started on violin. And then she fell in love with bass. And then she got, long story short, two scholarships to Berkeley and studied under all these people. And when I met her and then the center, what was the first track? I don't, I think it might have been Sophie and Pearl. But anyway, she said, I don't need a chart. I'll just hear what it needs. And I said, okay. <laughs> you know, and her tracks, so she's on three tunes. Well, that led me to, I had synth bass on almost everything or uh, some jazz bass on songs that I played. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought, you know, this is maybe a weak spot in my, in my song production, because when this new bass is adds so much, the, the warmth and the low end and the, the, the technicality of it. And so I started, then I found uh, a couple of other bass players that are on the album. And uh, I, like I said, I wish I could talk about everybody on the album. You know, I'll just say that on our the two our, the Harmony Dreamers is the name of the project, right? Mm-hmm. And it's everywhere just by searching for the name Harmony Dreamers on social media, on every streaming platform. And then, but the two main things right now that are happening, uh, besides all the radio and the podcasts and everything, is our website and our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Because the website, you can see pictures of everybody and some stories about it. And then as you mentioned earlier, we have an LP uh, vinyl and CDs and some merchandise and things like that. And some, and all, and the music is all on the website as well. And you could, right now you could download it for free or stream it and backstories uh, within every song info tab on the website. And also on the, on the, the backstories on the uh, YouTube channel on every song description. But and then I want to say it's, it's beautifully YouTube, designed by the way, the website looks fantastic. It's very well organized uh, that you. was the first thing that stood out to me is I can see everything without having to search. You know, it's it's just all very well laid out. Uh, so whoever your web designer is, great job. Thank you. It's very it's it's a real fun place, you know, with the pictures and the and the descriptions and mm-hmm. everything. It, it, it is. It's a cool site. And then on YouTube, um, I really like YouTube a lot. Uh, we're I believe we're commercial free right now. So we have the full album playlist on there, and then we the new song. Uh, well, one of them that's coming out, uh, actually, no, Pass It On from the album. We just made a video for that, a music video that's coming out now. Yeah. In fact, it's on our YouTube. And the song Pass It On, I'll just say, since we're talking about that, uh, well, no, I'll come back to that. Okay, the <laughs> YouTube channel also has, okay, sorry. I'm just talk, telling people that the YouTube is a cool place to go. There's now a 25 part series on there that is full album. Um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, backstories. Um, and and so and so it's 12 songs and 12 interviews. And it's uh, and then there's some other interviews on there, some lyric videos, and there's one other official video from our song "Summertime Ooh. Memory," which, by the way, so, it's now summer in. Uh, the Southern hemisphere officially <laughs> happy, happy summertime down there guys. Yeah. And it's pretty warm here, although I'm in the Northern hemisphere in Cambodia, but, yeah. uh, anyway, uh, so 
okay, we're okay. So the YouTube channel and the and the website harmonydreamers.com, there's a really a lot of cool stuff there. Is, is all I wanted to say about that. Yeah, and uh, I've got the else? link. Uh, I've got the link in the show notes. You guys should check it out. Definitely. I mean, even while you're listening to the interview, just go and start perusing the website. I love the idea of the behind the scenes and, and historical videos because. Uh, sometimes I want to know more about a song. Sometimes I hear it and I'm like, I really like that song. I want to know more. And we don't get that as well. We're starting to get it now because people are doing those kind of getting ready to do my series for my new album, but it's, it's so much fun Mm -hmm. to be able to have that information now, instead of hoping it pops up in an interview somewhere. Yeah. And an interesting thing for you musicians and YouTube people out there is that when I, I, I first did the interview with Jimmy at the Record Machine show, it was an hour and 50 minutes, including the, the music, and 1-5-0. And I, I, it took forever to uh, make the video and to upload it. And then YouTube said, no, you can't do that. We don't. And I researched and found out they don't allow a full album. I, they want you to split it up into tracks. And that took me a long time, but it was even better because the, the descriptions are now per song. So right. you don't have to listen to the whole hour and 50 minutes. You can find any song description. And also at the same time, when I was splitting it up, I decided I want to put pictures in the names of everyone that was on every track when I'm talking about them on the descriptions. And so yeah. it came out really beautiful that there's a, all the, there are eight, eight female singers besides myself and Larry and four bass players. And then some other people, I wish I could mention all of them on, on a number of instruments. And then on the on the title track, I come from Earth, which has been doing real well uh, for these last four months. There are 21 backup singers from every continent except Antarctica, which is under international treaty and has no permanent residence. So right. um, there are. Yeah. And so there are it's an international there's, it's actually a global concept. The album kind of turned into a global concept, partly because I've always, I was always inspired by positive lyrics, you know, bands that sing about love and brotherhood and even stop the war, whatever, just let's get along. Let, you know, mm-hmm. we're all connected. And so the album, I was always into good lyrics like that. And I chose the best songs. And then some of them are new uh, that came sort of at the last minute. Like I come from earth was, one of the songs that's it took a few years in the making on that song, but it was a last minute tune as far as the album. And it just seemed like that's the title track because that song is a global message, but with a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And um, I try to have a song with a sense of humor once in a while. I was always inspired by people like Joe Walsh and Jerry Reed mm-hmm. and um, other people, Frank Zappa. So many people have funny lyrics from the time I was a kid. And so that song has a sense of humor. And it seemed like the perfect sort of uh, title track for a global bi- album. And I'll also mention that I kind of the album is a concept album. And it, I also tried to arrange it to listen from front to back like we used to do back in the old days. You know, if you right. ever have a party and, you know, you know, what we used to do all those things and, you know, party with your friends and put an album on mm-hmm. and. uh it's 12 tracks, but it's actually 17 songs. Um, the, the other one of the main songs in the song on the album, Spinning Around the Sun, has three parts. And part one and two are tied together on on the first song, songs on the B side. And that's uh, part one is the main uh, radio version. And part two is a cinematic variation. And part three is an, which is at the last song on the album is an instrumental 
dance club version. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the, the first one is two tracks. And then there's a song called the first song suite, which has five parts. So it is kind of a concept album, I guess you would say it's, and I'll just mention real quick about the title track, I Come From Earth, which has been doing so well um, in so many places. That thank you. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not you know it's not gangbusters like on the Billboard, but it's still it's still on charts. It's been on these charts in in the UK, like the iTunes chart and this other one for talk radio uh, for four months, it, and it's still in the top ten right now. And so, but anyway, this song came from personal experience. It's called I Come From Earth. And what happened was when I used to travel around, people would always ask two questions, as it says in the song, what's your name? Where are you from? And I started saying Earth when they asked where I'm from. (laughs) And I noticed that people, to see you laugh, people would laugh Mm -hmm. almost every time, except as it says in the bridge, there was one girl in a restaurant. She said, where are you from? I said, Earth. And she said, where is that? And so that's in the bridge. And so the song came from personal experience and that one took a few years to come together. Um, and so it has, a, it's a global message, but with a sense of humor and like uh, some, yeah. So the album, let's see what else. Um, I mentioned my, my, my good friend, Larry, uh, mm-hmm. who he also, besides playing drums, he he's a guitar player and singer and, um, very musical person. And he's also was a big technical advisor on the album. Um, he, he, he used to run sound owned a recording studio, um, very good ear. And sometimes it's funny until the technical part of it sounds okay to him. He doesn't even hear the lyrics at first. <laughs> it's kind of funny, uh, but, but um, it, it was a great combination because he added so much to so many songs, you know, it's just suggestions. And then I'll just, as long as I mentioned Larry, uh, one song called No Stopping, which is a rock tune that's been getting a lot of play in different radio stations and things as well. Uh, that was kind of the beginning of our dual drum sounds. And what happened that summer I was there recording with him, uh, that was an old instrumental. And we put down three drum tracks from him playing. And he just jammed. I told him, cut loose on this song because Larry is, I, I'm telling you. Technically, he's one of the best drummers in the world. The things that he can do is amazing. And I said, you know, you've been practicing all this stuff. Come on, let's let it go. And the song originally had a drum solo in it, which I did all the the tracks in the beginning. And we were going to redo the whole thing. And at one point, I walked into his room. He was watching the Eric Clapton video with three drummers on stage. And I said, I want four drummers. And then because I always like dual, I always like dual drummer sounds. And we said, hey, you know, why don't we just keep both drum tracks on that song and then we decided to split up and do dueling drum solos in the middle uh and we were inspired by the song frankenstein by edgar winter right back in the old days oh, yeah. so i was complaining i was complaining about dividing up these drum solos right and, and on the computer and he said you know back when they did frankenstein's song by edgar winter they had uh they had tape uh, mm-hmm. analog tape and they had to cut it with a razor blade to edit and they had it strung all over the room, everywhere. Oh yeah. And so he said. So I said, "Well, this maybe this isn't so bad on the computer, you know." And I and 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 and, and uh, anyway, that was the beginning of our dual drum sound, and we ended up keeping that at, with Larry's drums and electronic drums. And then later, uh, after that summer, we didn't have the same studio setup for his drums, and I, there was a few songs, and he said, "Let's get another drummer." And so this guy Graham Hopkins, who 
uh, is a, a famous, amazing drummer. I found him and um, he was in a movie called Once. If you haven't seen this music movie called Once, yeah. the music of Glenn Hansard and Marquita Irglova, uh, you really must see that as a songwriter. Um, and anyway, I knew him from that. He's been on 46 albums that I know of, Snow Patrol. There, and he's from Ireland and um, has played everywhere, Royal Albert Hall, you name it. Wow. And and then, so I got him on this song, Summertime Memory, which we have the other video of. And then he said, why don't you get my buddy Robbie Malone if you're looking for a bass player? And Robbie is with David Gray. He's been touring with David Gray for 20 years. And I said, yeah, let's let's get him. And Robbie's bass playing on that song, Summertime Memory, reminds me of the Beatles. It's it was amazing. That's he's only on one tune on the album, Robbie. And um, like I said, I wish I could name name everybody, but yeah. pictures and names and so forth are on the website and on those mm -hmm. YouTube descriptions. So um, well, but anyway, I, I that was the dual drum sounds. If uh, if you ever get the chance, I had the pleasure a few years ago of seeing Edgar Winter live. And he opened oh, no, for uh, really? uh, Alice Cooper in Deep Purple. And he did, he played for maybe oh. 20, 25 minutes. Amazing. I mean, he did, he did some songs uh, that were really good, but the, he ended of course with Frankenstein. And there is wow. something about, there's always been something about listening to that song for me. It's, it's a really interesting song. Even as a kid, that song really drew me in, but to see him perform it, there was there was a magic that was unprecedented for me to to be in the presence I, of that I song. can imagine man i can imagine yeah, uh, yeah that guy I, I was a big i'm a big fan and and i know i i own several of their albums shock mm -hmm. treatment it was one of my favorites and um yeah he plays so many instruments and and yeah, the songwriting, the vocals, it's mm -hmm. his songwriting is amazing. Absolutely. And I, I can't yeah. imagine getting to see him. That would be just fabulous. Even oh, even just relaying man. that story to you, I still get a chill, you know, down my spine because it just the associated memory with it is so intense. Um, before we go, I wanted hey, to ask you. Know, you hey, yes, yes. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to mention, you know, we talked about Michael Stover, the guy that introduced mm -hmm. us at yeah. MTS Management and Promotions. And, you know, he has some great programs for artists to help them promote and take a big load off of them. But on that song, No Stopping is kind of funny. He really likes that song a lot. And uh, he, and he said to me, it reminds me of Stranglehold by Ted Nugent in a certain mm -hmm. way. And I, and I thought, oh, my God, because uh, when I was playing rhythm for years, I was with a great guitar player named Louis Tysinger when we were kids. He's and uh, he's in Chicago right now. And uh, he inspired a lot of the chord structure and things back in that song. But the first song I ever learned to play lead was Stranglehold. And I learned it note for note. And I never wow. got the association until Michael said, that reminds me of Stranglehold. And I thought, you know, it's quite possible <laughs> there might be a little influence in there. From Ted Nugent. I never thought of that. So anyway. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So that's the end of that story for yeah. that song. No, that's great. And uh, like I said, I've got the link to, to your website and the album and everything in the show notes. So people go check that out. I also want to ask you about your book. So your book is called Balance Your Choices, oh, yeah. Life's Com Compact Guidebook to Happiness Your Way. That's a mouthful. Uh, tell us a little bit yeah. about that. And I noticed, of course, you're wearing a, a, the Ohm symbol on your shirt. 
Um, it seems right. uh, now I have not had a chance to look at the book yet, but it seems like something mm-hmm. that really is what we need because we're, we're having such a hard time navigating the world these days and all the changes, the pressures that that people put on us, the expectations of society. Mm-hmm. How will this book help us? Well, this book, you know, unfortunately, it could help everybody, but unfortunately, not everybody's interested in in doing that. Uh, it's really great for young people who are trying to decide what to do with their life, or people who have an empty nest syndrome. But yeah, just to be happy. And what's really what really short story is that when I was young, I learned about priorities from someone, which is taking all of your ideas, all of your choices, and deciding what's first, what's second, what's third, and do number one till it's finished. Okay, mm-hmm. and so then. I started thinking, well, instead of having one big priorities list for my life, what if I looked at different areas of life that people all share, like work, play, body, mind, and spirit, relationships, mm-hmm. your own self-improvement and balance, money and possessions, your environments. And so I started having priorities in different areas of life. And not everybody is interested in every area of life. You don't have to be like perfect balance of all these things. You might sure. be more interested in spirituality or you might be more interested in going to the gym it's up to you but it's a way of looking at life and deciding what my priorities and you might look at those different areas and say well what do i want to do next and then it's just deciding what's important to you as part of what the book is about being it's really about time management in a way because there's only so many hours in the day unfortunately but another thing it's that it's about is just enjoying the journey along the way and um just enjoying life and being content. I, I like happiness as a word. You know, I think everybody's looking for happiness in a way, but I also love the word contentment. It's kind of just a peaceful happiness. You don't have to be, yay, I'm so happy all the time. Yeah. yeah. No, it's more like, like the OM, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, OM, just peaceful and our contentment. I love the word contentment and just accepting yeah. where you are along the way. And so it's, but the, this this book is a hundred pages long, and the, the main meat of the book is in the first 40 pages. You can read it in an hour. And then the rest of it is sort of a reference of different areas of life, just kind of different points of view about it. Mm-hmm. And so I made it compact because people they don't need to spend a lot of time, you know, um, they don't have a lot of time. And so it's it's a short book. And yeah, I guess that's I guess that's the story about the book. Uh, came from personal experience, and that's kind of how I got where I am right now by just deciding priorities and trying to uh, keep the lists, you know, in check. And right now, I I have routines, and I find routines are a lot about health-related things, mm-hmm. and then priorities that I'm working on, and then small stuff, you know, little things you got to do that aren't really important. And so I, I keep organized and I like writing things down and, so, and that can also become overwhelming when you have too many projects and that's why you have to decide priorities. But one nice thing about writing it down that my friend pointed out to me recently is that it helps you remember ideas because when you're yes. always coming up with ideas, you know, you write them down and you remember, however, the list can get overwhelming and you look at it, and you go, Oh my God, how am I going to do all this? Well, just remember the lists are about helping you remember and to to lessen your worry and not to make you worry more about what you haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. So just be content along the way, take one step at a time, you know, and decide what's important next. So 
that's what it's about. Balance your choices. And it's on our website, uh, on Amazon electronic version, which you can read on any device now with the Kindle app. And right. then there's mm-hmm. a, a soft cover on sale. Do you Thanks plan for on doing an audio that. version? I do plan on doing audio version at some point. It's on the list. You know, <laughs> I have found, um, because I used to love to just sit on the couch and take a day or a couple hours a day and read a book. It was one of my favorite pastimes. Yeah. I, I told myself, I can't just sit here and do music all the time. Like I've got to do something to, you know, get away, refresh myself, sit in a different position. Um, but yeah. as I got busier and busier, I found I it wasn't important enough for me to make the time to do that, but I missed reading books. So audiobooks became a huge thing for me when I would when I lived in Phoenix and I would drive to Vegas. It wasn't music, it was audiobooks. You know, me too. Um, it's it's a whole different uh, group of people that would be interested. So I'm glad that you're doing that. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I listen to two or three hundred. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I listen yeah. to several hundred audio books and I love the British speakers, um, mm-hmm. especially on the older books. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. And someone yeah. else suggested that. So, yeah, it's on the list. And hey, hey one, one last thing I just wanted to mention that you're mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Yes. And the hi- the hideout studio there where I did the mastering. Man, I learned a lot from that guy, and I know you liked a little. You like audio engineering, and and you you're a musician as well, mm-hmm. and a songwriter. And I, I learned a lot from that guy, Louis Pacheco, Louis the LP, at the Hideout. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Hideout Studio? I have, in Vegas? I've heard of it, but I've never been there. Yeah, Louis is amazing as a mastering engineer, and he taught me about stems mastering. Mm-hmm. Um, for you musicians out there where you do all of the mixing completely either on an individual channel or on a group and you have nothing on the master and it never goes above minus three DB. So he has headroom to work with. So right. all your automation, your effects, your panning, everything is done on the stems. Mm-hmm. And then you take him a group of six or eight or however many stems are on the track. And then he does the mastering and wow. It, the technology these days is amazing that you can do that and keep your mix without putting anything on the master. And yeah, so it, it's really uh, the techniques that have been developed, especially in the last few years, I've noticed. I just uh, started learning about um, top down mixing. And I, as mm-hmm. I'm getting into that a little bit more, I thought, wow, that's. I kind of mix as I go, as I'm writing, I'll blend in instruments and then just put on some final polish when I do my mix. So the idea of just taking all the faders and zeroing them is so, uh, I don't know that I'm quite ready for that. Uh, but it is it is interesting to see. I, I'm going to have to get over there and see if I can get some time with him because I would love to see his perspective on how he does that. And what's what, I use Ableton. What software are you using? I've been using uh, Cakewalk since 99, 98, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have Ableton. I've got Digital Performer. I've got a bunch of different ones that I've tried. But it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, anything else. The one that you started with, the one that you know the best and you can get in and out and do what you need to do, that's the one that tends to become your favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Byron, for coming on the show. I'm so glad I got some time to talk to you. You are just bursting at the seams with love for this album, and I want people to check it out. So once again, folks, I know I've said it 50 times on this episode, but go check it out. It's great. The new single, Without You, is wonderful. I love the message of it because, yes, the holidays, especially as we've just come out of them, can be very cold 
for people who who don't have that in their lives. Um, and it's in, you know, that the family warmth between the Christmas movies and just the general seeing people out shopping together and all that can really be, you know, mm-hmm. an arrow to your to your neck. So uh, don't look at it that way because it's different for everybody. And next year, it could be completely different for you. Um, but I definitely hope that you'll come back on the show again, because I'm sure we have a lot more ground we could cover in our conversation. I would love to. And like I said, I'm going to be listening to your show uh, for, for my uh, maybe some more audio books, but I love I love uh, hearing other artists point of view. I'm learning from it already. Thank, well, thank you. you. This is episode it's great chatting uh, with you. Yeah, 290 or 291, I think. In, in my, so there's plenty. Wow. There's plenty out there. I've got a wow. ways to go yet. But, wow. <laughs> but you can have a great time out in Cambodia. Enjoy. Be safe out there. And uh, we'll chat again soon. But in the meantime, go check out the links in the in the show notes, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. Cheers. Peace, everybody. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs>